Are we going for it? <laughs> I feel like this is the hardest part is starting. It is. It is. Okay. Okay. Okay, David, tell us what movie we watched this week. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Okay. Should I introduce you? And then you introduce me? Yeah, but let's just do first names. Oh, yeah. I mean, people have your name. People let's just don't do first name, name, a social insurance number. <laughs> Which one? You want my Canadian or my US? Humble brag. Oh. Okay, you go. So I'm introducing yeah, you. Yeah, you introduce me. Okay. This is David, the movie guy. And this is Sarah, the uh, scholar and researcher. <laughs> You could introduce me as the one who knows nothing about movies. <laughs> yeah, but like knowing things about movies is not a bad thing. No, I, so this is what I think we need to get across to our listeners. Right. Is listener. It, listener. <laughs> our one listener, my mom, that you can listen to this even if you're not into movies. Right. Especially if you're not into movies. Especially if you're not into movies. It's not about the movie. Yeah, like like you should be like, oh, everyone's talking about this movie. I hate movies, but I love podcasts, so I'm going to listen to this. This is this podcast. Get the 411. And then you can be like, well, did you know this is the real story in your movies? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the movie we're doing is Catch Me If You Can, which was released in 2002. Ever heard of it? I'd heard of it. Okay. Had Sarah, not seen it. Sarah had not seen it, and I was like, <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the last 20 years. Uh, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, oh, I literally wrote, so I made that snarky comment, ever heard of it? I literally wrote Steven Spielberg, comma, ever heard of him <laughs> in in my notes. Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, the cast includes Leonardo DiCaprio. Love him. Tom know Hanks. Him. Christopher Walken. Uh, Amy Adams and Martin Sheen, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was scored by John Williams. Means nothing to me. Okay, think of. <laughs> can you think of uh, literally any famous movie music like score? Titanic. Celine Dion. Uh, that's not a score. That's that's like a theme song. Okay, but oh, like you like like you know like uh, yeah. Okay, that's John Williams. Okay. Star Wars. Yeah. John Williams. Oh. Jaws. John Williams. And Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg was also Indiana Jones. Anyway, so he's like the guy. Harry Potter. Yeah, all of them. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for those who haven't seen this movie, uh, it's based off of the life of Frank Abagnale, who before his 19th birthday successfully performed cons worth millions of dollars by posing as a Pan-American World Airways pilot, a Georgia doctor, and a Louisiana parish prosecutor. <laughs> just so stilted. Uh, his primary crime was check fraud. He became so experienced that the FBI eventually turned to him for helping in catching other check forgers. Mm-hmm. So not a bad... Uh, Worked out well for him. Yeah. So so you hadn't seen it. So what did you think of it? Okay. Well, I love Leo, first of all. So I was excited to watch it and a little upset that I'd never seen it. Yeah. It's like one of those movies that's on TV all the time. Yeah. I just... Was on TV when that was still a thing. When I had cable. Yeah. <laughs> that mattered. Um, 
I liked it. I thought, I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. And like you were kind of, I mean, I, no, I was definitely rooting for him. Oh, for sure. And like they all feel like such victimless crimes, and you're just like, Get yeah, out it's of here. like whatever. The bank like doesn't have some money. Like, what does that yeah. mean to me? I don't know. Such a scamp. And then, um, and then I liked how there's so many famous people just like popped up. I know. Like you'd kind of warned me, but well, that's in my note. That's like a big note of mine. Yeah. So, so on that point, I'll get to more movie production things. But I, I thought, I thought I'd like pepper in my like thoughts on or, or my movie notes in okay. this in this beginning part. But uh, where does it say? Where does it say? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, this is going really well. <laughs> Basically, all I said was everyone that Leo sleeps with in the movie became super famous, and like wasn't famous when that movie came out. So, like, like if Amy I sleep Adams, with Leo, do we yeah. get famous? No. So, what my literal note, like I wrote some of my notes were actual jokes. <laughs> <laughs> my literal note was. If you sleep with Leo in the movie Catch Me If You Can, you become super famous. If you sleep with Leo in real life, you get dumped by the time you're 25. Oh, shit. Because, like, he only dates women that are under 25. I and literally like, saw, like, yeah, I'm like supermodels. I literally saw, like, a like a, a graph or a chart, and it showed, like, the years he was with women. And it would be, like, he started dating them at 22. And by the time they hit, like, 25 or 26, he dumped them, and he would start dating a 22-year-old again. Well, aren't him and his friends, oh, there's some name for that. The Pussy Posse. <laughs> I thought Maybe that's that it. is 100% what they're called. I thought it had something to do with an animal that wasn't a cat. Yeah, a pussy cat. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. But I believe, I, th- I thought they were like the wolf pack or something. I mean, it's close. <laughs> you're th- oh, you're thinking of the movie The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only movies I've seen. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's good. I feel like The Hangover is one of those movies that came out and like it had no, like it was 10 years ago. So it's hard to like. Really? Yeah. It was 2009, I think. Whoa. So it was like hard for people, like people didn't know. Bradley Cooper wasn't famous. Ed Helms yeah. wasn't famous. Zach Galifianakis was like nobody. Yeah. <clears throat> and like no one was expecting anything of it. And then it came out and it was like quite funny. And everyone was like, this is the funniest movie ever. <laughs> and then if you saw it like two weeks after it come out it was like very funny but people were like no listen people were like stopping people in the street and being like <laughs> like like as though they'd found jesus but <laughs> but it was the wolf pack they're like they're like what are you doing tonight they're like i don't know like have you seen the, the hangover they're like mm, no he's like stop what you're doing get to the theater like, oh my wife's giving has a scheduled birth tonight cancel it <laughs> push it back push it back that baby can hold off. Anyways, so a little tangent. So so now this is the part of the show where um, we talk about like the actual production of the movie. So there was a bunch of like almosts yeah. in terms of the production. So the movie, the, the uh, movie was optioned, I think, before the book even came out. Oh. I could be wrong. Whatever. We'll go with it. This is not a fact-based show. This is a fun show. We don't know what we're talking about. You're going to want to Google everything. We like. You're probably going to want to double check. Yeah. Double check. Like if someone has a gun to your head and is asking you, and they're asking you, catch me if you can, trivia. Don't give them our answers. No. Okay. Mm-mm. 
So yeah, so the movie got optioned in 1980, uh, and it was going to be made with um, what's his face? Oh yeah, Dustin Hoffman in the oh. lead. Which I googled, and Dustin Hoffman is currently 82 years old. So 37 years ago, he was 38 years ago. He was still like 40. Too old. Something. Yeah. So Too old. This shows how good we were at quick math. I was like, <laughs> impossible. We're not mathematicians. Can't be done. Doesn't matter. But um, yeah, still way too old. Like Leo was too old, theoretically. Yeah, but he's baby face. Oh my he's God. A baby well, I have notes on that too. Oh. So so that didn't work out. And then uh, it started to Why pick up. Why didn't work out? Do you know? Uh really because too old <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't know i don't know exactly there weren't a lot of facts on like why that production didn't take off uh but then i think steven spielberg reacquired it oh. so dreamworks pictures which is owned by steven spielberg and oh two other guys you didn't know that no uh, you're, <laughs> i'm not the movie guy she's not the movie guy um so he acquired it and then it bounced around through a lot of directors so one of them was david fincher doesn't mean anything. Okay, David Fincher is amazing. He did Fight Club. He did Seven. Any of these movies? Which one's Seven again? The one with uh, the uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, and then Gwyneth Paltrow. What's inside the box? Doesn't matter. That's not what this is. I about. feel like I've seen it, but whatever. Uh, what else to do? Gone Girl, The seen Social it? Network. Seen it? Yeah, he's like the man. Okay. Uh, he dra- dropped out to do Panic Room. Oh. Which, bad choice. Like, this is a way better movie than Panic Room. Yeah, but that was a big movie when it came out. Jodie Foster? Yeah, it's fine. And what's her face? Twilight Girl. Uh, Yep, that's her name. Kristen Stewart. Roberta Pattinson, I believe. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and then Gore Verbinski almost did it. We don't need to go into what he did. He did Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, he bailed because Leo dropped out temporarily to finish shooting Gangs of New York. Oh. Milos Forman almost did it. He did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was pretty old at that point. Cameron Crowe was considered. Okay. He did like Almost Famous and a bunch of movies. Yeah. And then, okay, this is the best one. So I hadn't heard of this guy. So it was a delight for me to look up. Okay. His name is Lassie, Lassie Hallstrom. Lassie? Let's say Lassie for a good reason. Oh. Um, okay. Here's what's interesting about him. He has directed not one... Not two, but three movies about dogs <laughs> with the word dog in the title. No. He no. Had, he directed a movie called My Life as a Dog. <laughs> he directed Hatchy, A Dog's Tale, and most recently, A Dog's Purpose, <laughs> which um, came under some fire around the time it came out because there was like footage of dogs being <gasps> abused, sort of. Like there was this whole situation around what? pool. Yeah, but then apparently like more footage came out and it wasn't bad, but whatever. That's not the point. Uh, and then he also directed the ABBA movie, What's Eating Gilbert Grape and a bunch hey, of other movies. Hey, that's Leo, right? Uh, yeah. So anyways, I just thought that was really interesting that his name is Lassie and he directed three dog <laughs> that's movies. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, James Gandolfini almost played uh, Hanratty, which went to Tom oh. Hanks. Uh, Brenda was almost played by Chloe Sevigny. Oh, oh, okay. Eh, it wouldn't have worked. Don't, no, she's not innocent enough, right? No, she's like... Like, she's a bitch that knows the world. She, I feel like when she was like 15, she seemed like a divorced 55-year-old like, woman. She's she's Like, lit. she's seen some shit. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Frank Sr. was almost played by Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. He's like bald and intense. You'd know him if you saw him. I feel like this whole podcast is just going to be me referencing <laughs> people and you're just like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay. Maybe by like our 500th podcast on those yeah. people. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So what, should I go through some more movie notes or, or are, do you feel satisfied? No, I want more. Okay. And I've got a fun fact that I don't know if you know. <laughs> Can edit that out. Uh, okay. So there were lots of wardrobe changes in this movie. Okay. Over 100 just for Leo. Well, Although I read that and then it was like, oh, those also include like if he took a jacket off. So then I felt oh, very really? cheated by that fact. Oh. I'm like. Because I feel like he's in a uniform for a lot of the movie. I know. Like he did undid a button. Wardrobe change. <laughs> uh, they shot in 140 locations in 52 days. Whoa. Not cities, but like locations. Yeah, so they could have like gone down the street. Yeah, um, mostly in LA, New York, and Montreal. So like all the shots that were supposed to be France was actually Montreal. Okay. So like outside churches, uh, there was some famous church in Montreal. I didn't didn't figure out which one it was, or I didn't write it down because I didn't care. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a church. Uh, okay, remember the scene in the restaurant when uh, Christopher Walken is like. They're all staring at you. Where are you going, Frank? Like, remember? Was this the second time they met in a restaurant? Or the first? The, it was the one that was like the daytime, the fancy restaurant. And he's like, why is my fork uh, cold? And he's like, oh, it's a salad fork yeah, or whatever. Okay, yeah. When he gives him the car. When he tries to give him the car and then he doesn't and then yeah. he takes it or whatever. So you know the part where he gets like really emotional and he like gets choked up and he's like giving a speech about meeting um, Frank's mother? Yes. Uh, apparently that was mostly improvised okay and he got so choked up that people like leo thought he was having that christopher walken was having a heart attack what yeah and then like everyone was like that was amazing so i had read that fact before i watched the movie and then so i paid real attention to that scene i was like oh this is good acting like i was like <laughs> so struck by it and i remembered because i've seen this movie like 10 times that, yeah like that scene always is like a kicker because he like is overcome right um Apparently, the film was about 80% accurate, according to Frank Abagnale Jr. I mean, that's... Ugh. Sarah looks... You can't see her face, but she looks very suspicious. Uh-uh. Not true. Uh, Frank, in real life, didn't think Leo was suave enough. Oh, f- I've and seen then he saw the movie. Frank. And then he saw the movie, and he was like, mm. well, Frank actually looked really old for his age in real life. That's how he got away with so much. Okay. And so I think he was maybe being like, oh, this guy's not me. But there was something more interesting. Like, if they had got an actor that, like, looked 30, but supposed to be 19-year-old that looks 30, it would have yeah. done a disservice. You need to be like, oh, this is, like, a boy that's fooling people, but it's, like, his confidence that gets him through it. Yes. So I have, like, all kinds of notes about confidence. So, like, the term con man is mm-hmm. short for confidence man. Oh. Yeah. So it's like you get people's confidence in you to to fool them. Okay. And like it's kind of the key to like being successful in general, right? Like confidence, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But it reminded me of like I worked at a movie theater and I would be standing there. there. I did everything there. Did you clean the bathrooms? Mm, Not really. Make popcorn? Yep. Worked in the box office. Yeah. Worked in concession, uh, worked what we called floor. 
And what is that? Floor, you like rip tickets. You, um. And say like, oh, it's on your left, third theater. Uh, theater six on your right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? Can you tell them Did you ID the kids that wanted to go to the like. No, you don't ID them because you don't sell them the ticket. But when you're, oh. you're when you were box office. Oh, I'm. Maybe I don't ever remember IDing oh someone. My God. You probably... I feel like you just looked at them and you're like, "You're you're ten. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like, what if it was like first date? It was like a twelve year old, and all I wanted you to do was go to the PG thirteen. Oh, I movie. would never have restricted that. Also, oh. it's fourteen A. We're in Canada, not in America. Okay, whatever. Uh, anyways, so if so, if I was standing there ripping tickets to you know let people in, and someone just blasted by me, yeah, like beelined it, I would just be like. <laughs> I just shrug and be like, well, this guy knows where he's going. Like, he obviously <laughs> he belongs need, here. He doesn't, doesn't need, need my me. help. And, like, also, what am I going to do? Like, leave my post and then everyone can flood in? Your to get... post? Listen, we're, we were armed. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> we all get AK-47s. <laughs> but they only shoot hot uh, butter. We have. <laughs> and just scold people. Yeah. By the way, I only recently learned that like scold people and scald That's are two different things. I meant to say scald. Like scalding hot? Yes. I thought it was scolding hot. Because like, you know how you get scolded by someone? They're like, ah, you're yeah. bad. I thought that was like, oh, well, the water's hot. And it's like, ah, like it's scolding you with its oh. heat. They're two different words. No, one's with an A and one's with an O. Yeah, I said two different words. Yeah, I know, I know. You said Just... no. Whatever. <laughs> Or when I learned that unkempt is a word with an M. It's not unkept. It's unkempt. What does that mean then? Like, it's what it sounds like. Oh, it's what I think unkept is. Yeah, it's kempt. <laughs> I know. Buckle in. Holy. Yeah. We might not have the facts on Catch Me If You Can. But oh, okay. Here's a, here's another fun camp. one that relates back to my movie theater days. So, so back in the day, like all movies are digital now, obviously. But uh, back in the day, they would have released they released movies in film, and like you watch it on a projector. Yeah. And so when they actually deliver movies to the theater, they deliver it into these like cans. In two thousand two. In two thousand seven, when I was working in movie theater. Oh. oh. Still, but in two thousand two as well. Okay. So they there are these like sort of um, metal containers with like a handle, and they have reels of film in them. But that's you can't just show that. You have to actually build the movie print mm -hmm. with those. So you put it on the spinning device and it spins onto a platter and that platter then goes into the projector, blah, blah, blah. And so, but when they didn't want those to be stolen, so they would put fake names on the can. So it wouldn't be like Batman. Yeah. It would be a fake title. So I found the the title for Catch Me If You Can's can. It was, it's not that exciting. It was The Doctor. Yeah. But there are some other good ones of other movies. Oh, so tell me. The Avengers was Group Hug. <laughs> Uh, Dark Knight was Rory's first kiss. Yeah. Uh, Cloverfield, remember that movie? The monster one was Cheese. <laughs> and Titanic was Planet Ice. What? Yeah. I like that one. And I remember there were some funny ones when I worked there. I remember Aquamarine. Do you remember that? It was about mermaids. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I think it was like Blue Water or something. Like it was like kind of related to like it. Like you could, if you were going to steal, you knew. It was also like, yeah, ooh, and then they get Aquamarine. <laughs> Starring JoJo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Hit. Okay. So those were all my movie production facts. Okay. So I have a list of other movie observations, but I'm trying to figure out if I should just pepper them in into your stuff or if I should start hitting them now. 
Maybe we should start peppering. Okay. But I've got a fun fact. Okay, hit, hit me. Okay. Well, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I was told. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken, in all his movies that he's like, does more than a cameo in, he dances. Well, he was a, like a professional dancer. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you. That's mm. a fun fact. Like it's a clause? <laughs> I don't think it's a clause, but I think he's like, I'm Christopher Walken and I want to dance. And he always has a little something. And then I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching like... Him dancing? Yeah. Did you watch the uh, Weapon of Choice video? Yeah, I did. Isn't it great? Oh my God. I'd never seen it before. It was very exciting. Who is it again? Fatboy Slim. Right. FBS for sure. Anyways, I had no idea he had those kinds of moves. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of him young? Yeah. He's like weird looking, but kind of beautiful. Yeah. Like he's kind of like got this, he kind like a of, sexy ghost. He, yeah, that's what he kind of looks like a like, um, like a vampire that's been alive too long. But and he also looks like really Scandinavian when he's young. Yes, but not when he's older. I think because the dark hair kind of. I wonder if he he must dye it darker. I bet you he's naturally kind of. You think he has light hair? I feel like it was lighter when he's young. Hmm. Plus, like, we've known, like, we've known of him since he was, like, you and I would have been watching stuff since he was older, and he would have been dyeing his hair probably since the time he was, like, 40. Yeah, that's true. He's been 40 for, like, 50 years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So, you want some fun facts? Sure. Okay, hold on. I need to drink. Okay, wait. I'll I'll, I'll pepper in one thing right now. Do you remember the, the part where... And they're having, they're starting to have money problems in the family. Yes. And Christopher Walken, to like make Leo feel better, goes, uh, like the mom is like thinking about getting a job. Yeah. And he's like, what's she going to do? Be, be a shoe salesman at a centipede farm? <laughs> and they both laugh. Like it's the funniest joke that's ever been told. <laughs> But I laughed too. And my thoughts were, the joke doesn't even make sense. So is the farmer paying for shoes for the centipede? Or is the centipede, are the centipedes buying shoes at the farm? Why is there a centipede farm? Is there, are they harvesting centipede milk? (laughs) (laughs) Or is it a petting zoo? It's a petting zoo. Well, that'd be a centipede petting zoo then. Um, I know. A lot of well, shit. hard questions. Also, Leo was 27 when this movie came out. Really? Or not when it came out, when it was filmed. He was 28 by the time it came out. And he was playing a 16-year-old. And like convincingly. So young in that. But they do a really good job of giving him like a very boyish haircut. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. And he's like a very, he's kind of like, like he's far from jacked. No, I know. I, 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 wrote, I think I made a note about that, about how like, he has like very boyish qualities. Yeah. And like, even though he's 27, he's not like, oh, I, I literally wrote that. I wrote, uh, he doesn't look like one of those mid 20s kids on 90210 or Riverdale that's like Hits the jacked gym. and like <laughs> an Adonis. Like, he's a super good looking person and like cute, but he's not like, you know. Okay. So when I watched this, I thought like, Okay, obviously I knew it came out after Titanic. But he, like, looks 
younger. But that's on purpose. No, I know. But I was. It was like amazing. Yeah, it was his like, hair was like, and his outfits, and um, just like the way they filmed it. Yeah, like the whole look of the movie has kind of like an old look to it. Yeah, and it like looks kind of like not just the fact that they used techniques that made it kind of look like an older movie but it like feels like a the past or a dream there's kind of like a haze to it Mm -hmm. like a like a fuzziness kind of glow to it yeah um and like all that stuff adds to like not seeing like certain imperfections that like a 16 year old wouldn't have yeah like it wasn't like interview like video footage it was like very very strategic yeah plus they make him look a little bit older like later like at the very end after he's been arrested and like after he's in jail he like they have a wig on him and his hair is like short and it looks like the i don't know if you're remembering this but it's the worst hair i've ever seen on a human being so bad and you're like Ugh. he looks like he looks, like, looks, looks all like a of poor a sudden, person you're pointing he, at me like you're like he looks like you no, just look like you you have a great quaff thanks um he you know this movie where he gets attacked by the bear the Revenant? Yeah. Never seen it. Stop it. I won't. What? You can't what me. You haven't seen anything. <laughs> I haven't seen anything, but I've seen that. Did you like it? Oh my God, it was good. Did you get you revved up? <laughs> you all revved up. Okay. Uh, you, you can, we can go into research corner now. Oh yeah. Okay. So, I guess we need to decide where we want to start i kind of think we should start with his family life how do you feel about that i think you should guide us okay so this is the thing i'm going to give you a bit of a background on the parents and that whole situation so his parents his mom was french Mm -hmm. i think she was from algeria or something what? French Algeria. That's what they said. But in the movie, she's from... France. From, what was it like? Yeah, it said that they met in Oran or something, Algeria. I don't know. Where is Algeria? I'm bad at geography. It's, oh, so am I. But I'm good at Googling things and... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what skill? Is that on your resume? That's on my resume. That's how I got this job. Um, It's northern africa okay like, I, yeah my I gut think, wanted to say africa but yeah, i was too yeah. scared to say it and be like no it's so actually... i think back then it was like french you know what right. i mean i remember being younger and like not understanding the concept of colonialism and they were like oh yeah they like speak french in this part of africa and they do like oh and uh like they speak english in india and stuff and i was like like why would they do that that doesn't make sense <laughs> like and then I was like, ooh. It's very confusing. Ooh, the world is dark. <laughs> okay. So um, his dad, Frank Abing, Abing, I can't say their name. Abingnale. 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 Not Abignale. <laughs> is that what they say in the thing? Yeah. When he impersonates a uh, substitute teacher, he's oh, like, it's yes. Mr. Abignale, not Mr. Abignale, not Mr. Abignale. <laughs> That's actually Great. a good, good scene. Um, okay, so Frank Sr., first of all, they have this scene where 
he's at the Rotary Club getting yeah. some award. I didn't even know what a Rotary Club was. And they kept talking I about it. I still don't really know what a Rotary yeah, Club Yeah, they kept talking like, about Like, I know. No, I don't know what it is. It's... I feel like it's just like a networking group. Yeah. Okay, and, good. Yeah, basically. And they like do like nice things for the community. I feel like that's one of a billion things that I see referenced in my life constantly. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing. And then I like I don't dig just even an inch deeper to find out what it means because I'm like, I don't care. No. It just I... sounds so deeply uninteresting. <laughs> well, it was. And also in real life, I couldn't find anything about him being in a rotary club could you find anything about him being a mouse that um gets <laughs> stuck in cream and <laughs> swims so fast that he turns it into butter oh we should how many times do they give that speech at least three yeah it's like we between three and 45 times we should have counted damn it also the necklace trick happens a lot oh Okay, so that's the thing. So he learns it from his dad. It's this necklace trick where... Wait, that's not real, is it? Can I finish my story? Oh my God. (laughs) So his dad like cons this woman who owns a suit shop and to get into the shop when it's closed, he pretends that this... He has this necklace of hers that just fell and he found it on the street. And so I didn't really understand. Was it her necklace? No, they're, none of them are anybody's necklaces. They're, he carries right. these like... So why do these women... I don't know. I wrote a note about this too. It's so creepy. I don't get it. It's one of my things that ha- that is like 2019 a little bit problematic is like every scam in this movie, however innocent is to a woman yes like every single one is like hey doll you're kind of cute yeah and can i the, take advantage of you the like male bank manager comes over and he's like oh gotta go listen i got a brain so <laughs> your little necklace tricks won't I'm work on me i think so this isn't gonna work uh last time i checked it was 1967 and i'm allowed to think they're not <laughs> okay so that's probably not true because his dad was like never... allergic to necklaces. <laughs> yes, he had a very bad nickel allergy. Nickel. Yeah, you it's, know it's not a nickelless; it's a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what I'm saying? You have a bad nickel allergy, then you it like makes your skin itch and turn green. Is it? I always thought it was like allergic to silver. No. Dad, okay, I don't know nothing. things about. Uh, Cantalism? No, that's a different thing. Okay, listen up. So, Frank Sr. was never like kind of a con man or slick as they have him in the movie. Right. But he did have his own store. It was a stationary store. And he was affluent in the local community. And he was really involved in politics. Mm. So, he would go away for a, a lot for politics or i don't know whatever he was into you want a politic trip yeah you want a politic trip and his wife paula trip sorry go ahead <laughs> his wife paulette wasn't into this obviously paulette was not into paulette tricks correct okay. i'll stop so um basically hold on sorry Oh, hush. 
Okay, so his mom wasn't happy. They did have some financial troubles. And she decided she wanted a divorce. She, like, wanted to go to college and kind of, mm. like, you know, have a life. And, like, right. not sit at home and wait for her husband who wasn't there. Um, She was also much younger than him. Like, she was in her teens when they got married. Like, he met her and brought her back to the U.S. and they right. got married. Um. But one thing is... Also would not fly these days. No. <laughs> you're also not allowed to go pick up teens in another country and bring them back. Hey, Steve. Did Steve have a good trip? Yeah, he brought back a teenager from <laughs> Algeria. What? <laughs> well, it says... Met in Al- Algiers. Is that not Algeria? I think it's... Uh, oh, God. This is not a geography <laughs> podcast. Know. I swear it said someplace spelled O-R-A-N. Algeria. No, there is. I think there's Algeria and then there's the Algiers or something. Oh, gosh. This is going to be. Just keep going. It doesn't matter. Okay. This isn't. Yeah. Um, So his mom was never having affairs like in the movie. She just like wanted to, you know, have a So she didn't hook up with Jack Barnes? No. Which, by the way, awkward ass scene. Yes. I have I have a whole so I think this is a good time for me to interject with my whole mom angle from the movie. Do it. So I don't think this is obviously like because the movie takes great creative licenses. Uh, I have a whole angle on the fact that Leo is actually in love with his mother. Oh. And that's the motivation for the whole movie. Okay. Okay, so the scene where uh Christopher Walken is dancing with the mom. Yeah. Leo's like like leering like he's like so into it and he's like, oh, like i've like, never looked at my parents i know that way when they're happy together and then uh he, and then uh, uh christopher walken's like oh like how many other men wanted her and he's like all oh, hundreds of men wanted her and he's he like, like stoked smiling on that. and like like nodding his head so then get this dad comes on hard times uh-oh opportunity for leo to hook up with his mom <laughs> His mom clearly wants a man of stature and a man of financial means. Okay. So he goes out there to earn that money to get his mom. But that's not what was happening in the movie. Uh, he was look like, a little deeper, Sarah. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> then why was he getting his dad a convertible? To get him arrested. <laughs> oh, so then he could slip right in gross <laughs> but literally in the scene where he where leo catches his mom uh cheating oh, it looked like the recording stopped the, the scene where he catches leo leo's mom cheating uh there's an actual record stop like they're like listening to like music and it's yeah. like oh really and then she's like oh i was just showing jack the apartment it's like very spacious <laughs> but they're also fully dressed so at most they were kissing at most and then she's like Frankie, do you want me to prepare you a sandwich? Yeah, she's, she's like, like, do you want $5? Here's $20. Oh, we don't need to tell your father. <laughs> there's nothing to tell him. Oh, there's nothing to tell him. Oh, we're just being silly. And Leo's like, fuck. Like, so you're bang. And that's supposed to be his dad's best friend. Yeah, he's the guy that at the Rotary Club. Right. So this is something I don't like. They make the mom look so bad. Right. Like, she's sleeping with her husband's best friend. Then some... Like, then she 
leaves, yeah. then all of a sudden they're getting a divorce yeah. and he has to choose. And so, of course, that's like traumatizing for any kid when that happens in a week. Yeah. And like it's all the mom's fault. Yeah. And the dad's like, don't worry, it'll be okay. And, and you're kind of like, like, oh, dad, you have no money. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then and then there's the creepy grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? The, like, she's like. Barely <laughs> speaks English and she's just like pinching his cheeks. I, uh, f- For jokes, my sister and I will take a really large dishcloth and wrap it around our dog's head. Kind of <laughs> like, you know, like the thing that Mother Teresa wears on her head. Yeah. Like, or like just like old like, poor what? ladies wear on their heads. Yeah. Or like gypsy would wear it <laughs> apparently that's not a pc thing to say not these allowed days. to say that anymore i'm talking the old school type but um we used to put a, a large dishcloth around my dog's head and just and be like please sir i want some more and the the french mother just looks like my dog with a large dish towel on his head begging for scraps because, too, like, you know, when a dog gets kind of, like, not psyched and their face looks kind of long. and like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you put a dish towel on their like head. Like, when you put a dish towel on their head. You, everyone knows that trick. <laughs> you know. You know. Put it. one on your dog's head and see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. So, in reality, um, Frank was one of four kids. What? Yeah. Ugh. So, not this only oh, child. I feel like that might be the biggest bombshell. I. It's pretty big. Because it's so... It feels so part of the movie that he's a single child and then he feels like his whole world just crumbled like your whole world didn't just crumble you've got three people in the same boat as you yeah okay so also this is a bombshell Mm -hmm. i thought so his parents split up when he was 12 and then they got divorced when he was 16 Mm. so you've had i mean okay i shouldn't say like just deal with it but it's not like in the movie where, where he literally ru- he runs out of the room when he has to make the decision. Yeah, of what like he comes home with. from school and they're like, "We're getting a divorce. Who do you want to live with for the rest of your life? How was school?" Just write down a name, Frank. It's not that hard, Frank. Yeah. So that situation did happen. He did go into court one day after school and have to have to decide who he wanted to be like live but with. He, he made the choice. No, so he had. That's when he ran out. Oh, he ran out of the court. Oh. Well, I like that. Yeah. I mean, like, the essence of that is true then. Yes, the essence is true. But this, ugh, this I thought was juicy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started his little conning. Who do you mm. think he first conned? His mother into sleeping with him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn it. His dad. Into sleeping with him. No. No. He's not into that. Let it go. Okay. So when he was 15, so when his parents split up, he decided he wanted to go live with his dad because his dad was really sad they were breaking up and right. he, I don't know, was closer with his dad. Um, So he was the only out of the three that went and lived with his dad. So his dad got him a truck or a car. I don't know. Articles aren't don't really line up on that one, but he had some sort of vehicle. And he was 15 and he needed more money for dates, which is important for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so he finally begged his dad to, and convinced his dad to give him a gasoline credit card that was in his dad's name. Mm-hmm. And he would buy products and return them. And then 
so he would t- then he'd convince the places to give him cash back. Right. The bill he racked up in his dad's name in 2018 would have been worth $28,000. Wow. Like he did that to his dad when he was 15. Um, it's funny too because like the movie makes it feel like victimless crimes. Yeah. Then taking $28,000 from your dad as like a, how old was he? Like 15? He was 15. I'm sure he didn't, I guess he probably didn't realize how, I think he didn't realize that his dad was having financial problems, but like you got to know, like you can't just like spend 30 grand of someone else's money. Um, Okay, and so then, because it's it's just very different. Because in the movie, he's he's saying how like it's to help his dad get him get back together with his mom, and he's sending money and he's sending letters to his dad, and he's kind of wanting to make his dad proud. In reality, he never speaks to his dad ever again. Mm-hmm. Like his dad dies when he's in prison, I believe. I knew, yeah, I knew that part. And like, just he just never speaks to his dad again. Yeah. So this whole like, kind the, of yeah, the fact that they're kind of like going back and forth. Yeah, and it kind of makes you like, it kind of makes you be on his side more because you're like, well, what he's doing is wrong, but he loves his family and he's just devastated that his family fell apart and blah 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 blah. But that wasn't happening in real life. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Like in other movies that we could talk about, you'll be like, why did they make that creative choice? Or like, why did they leave that thing out? But I feel like this is just such a well-made movie and like it's such a romp yeah, and like an adventure that you want to be on that you're kind of like, okay. I'll let it go. Yeah, because in the fact that um, the real Frank said it was like 80% true, I think what he meant is like he watched it and he felt probably some sort of essence of like, truthfulness to the way it feels and the way he felt in the situations and because it was adapted by a book i'm sure there was a level of like understanding of like frank's inner sort of monologue about the way he felt about things that they did translate to the screen even though the facts weren't right i feel like i would have been pissed about how they dealt with my mom but yeah you would but it is his mom was probably dead for like 40 years by that point I can't I did look her up and I can't remember when she passed away but um I also tried to look up his siblings and I couldn't find anything on them but then again they're probably like we don't want to be associated with this which is fair oh okay. other fun fact Amy Adams was also 27 in this movie oh and they both look 16 <laughs> well she's got br- some braces for a while so that helps okay let's talk about his impersonations mm-hmm. so he, okay so he first starts cashing fake checks and that kind of thing then he realizes hey it would be a lot better if i looked more professional so that's why he goes for the pilot yeah um so <laughs> so a fun so that did really happen and i didn't look too much into it but he went to like so many different countries and like so so many different countries like had a warrant out for his arrest Mm. i think it was like 12 different countries or something whoa 
Um, yeah, they didn't like touch on him being in different countries really. No, in the be- movie, he was like in America and then he went to France, France. and that was no, about it. Because he was also in jail in Sweden for a time. No, and um, and he was supposed to go, I think, to Italy after to do some time there, be charged with those crimes. <laughs> they were just gonna pass him around, right? And then Sweden revoked his passport which was kind of a bit of a trick to get him back to the U.S. Mm. Because if you don't have your passport, then you can't go to Italy or something like that. So then you have to go back to your country. Right. You have to be like deported back to your country. Extradited. Extradited. Yeah, whatever. I know legal jargon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then so that's how we ended up back in the States on that plane that we'll discuss later. <gasps> uh, an fbi agent did not go get him and catch him that's not what happened okay so it was f- tom hanks tom hanks yeah it actually was tom hanks in real life but he didn't have that stupid accent <laughs> okay so this is the fun fact about when he was a pilot okay so he was always um the deadhead right which i had no idea what that meant so i had to look it up isn't it like a backup pilot no or you're just traveling you're just traveling right. so that you can get to where your flight. job starts yeah um so he said that he was often offered the steering wheel not the steering wheel but the control whatever it's called on the plane the joystick the joystick the mouse, the mouse. <laughs> at thirty thousand feet and obviously he had no idea what to do mm-hmm. so we'd always just put it on autopilot because he'd be like holy shit like 200 people's lives are in my hands and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I guess I did appreciate that he was a little concerned. But he also probably didn't want to die. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So. So, well, whatever. He was also like 17, which is nuts. (laughs) So insane. Okay. So one thing, this is, I love this fact. One thing he noticed when he was always at airports and stuff was that, I don't know what airport this happened in, but airlines and rental car companies would drop off their daily collections of money in just like a zip up bag in this drop box. So he was like, well, that seems pretty like non-secure. So he dressed up as a security guard, put a sign over the box saying out of service Place deposits with security guard on duty. And it worked. <laughs> they were just handing bags of cash. But this is what I was saying. It's all just confidence. Yeah. Like, basically what keeps all of us from not doing all that stuff is, A, you do have to have a level of, you know, cleverness. But the confidence is way more important than, like, coming up with, like, a very basic scheme to be like, oh, well, I'll swap that out and I'll put on a costume and... Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. It's got to be like, the reason you don't do it is A, either you think it's immoral or B, you're just like, oh, I'm going to get caught. I'm not confident enough to get away with this. Right. So it's just crazy that you would even try. Um, Okay, this is funny. (laughs) And this wasn't in the movie at all, but apparently for a while, he was um, a sociology teaching assistant assistant at brigham young university why would he do that 
Well, because sociologists get all the chicks, right? <laughs> you know when you um, wait in line overnight at a sociology concert <laughs> to get tickets? No. What? <laughs> I don't know. Because rock stars get the babes, and I was thinking. You know, listen, I can tell you, social as a sociology major. You were a sociology major. Yeah. Oh, how'd that go? Well, here I am. Here you are. Here I am, sitting on your couch, <laughs> trying to read off my phone. Um, but so Brigham Young d- disputes this claim because they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed, I guess, but like. I just don't go, why would you do that? Maybe he just wanted like the college experience sort of. Maybe. Because if you're like a teacher's assistant, you can get chummy probably with the students and... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like he probably wasn't like, didn't show up and was like, sociology, that's the ticket. Well, so He probably saw some sort of opening and just was opportunistic as he be and uh, swooped in there. Well, that's why I feel like it has to be true because, like, why would you make that up? Yeah. Like, if you're going to make up being involved in a university, you probably shouldn't be a sociology TA. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a lot of sexier things. Totally. Okay. So, he stopped um, being a pilot because he almost got caught in an airport. So, then he moved to uh, Georgia and he became a doctor, not because he met a lovely girl at the hospital. Did anybody have braces? <laughs> no one had braces. Brenda isn't real. <sighs> that whole Martin Sheen's character. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, he meets, he's at the hospital for some reason. Right. And he starts talking to this nurse because he, he wants to see if some patients there. And she's having a really bad day and she's got braces and she's like cute but feels all bad about herself and then were you talking about the movie or real life the movie oh okay and i was like this sounds a lot like the movie (laughs) (laughs) well when you're in research mode i'm like she's not shifting to movie time oh i'm going okay okay anyway so he's like talking her up making her feel all nice yeah and then that's in the movie when he's like i'm a doctor too or something right in real life, he's filling out an application for an apartment and they obviously ask what your job is. Mm. And he didn't want to put down that he was a pilot because then he thought they'd call Pan Am and then blah, 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 he'd get caught. Right. So he just wrote down doctor. Um, and then I guess he met a doctor who lived in the apartment complex and um, he agreed to be a supervisor of resident interns as a favor to the local hospital. Um, he did that for 11 months, oh which is pretty crazy. God. Maybe more dangerous than being a pilot. Maybe. I don't know. So this is why he stopped being a doctor. Because he killed 16 people. 25. <laughs> <laughs> don't even try and believe me. It's I'll work on that. Okay. So it says he was nearly exposed when an infant became critically unwell from oxygen deprivation and he didn't initially understand the meaning or gravity of the situation when a nurse informed him of a blue baby. 
Oh, the baby's sad. Oh, <laughs> just give him a little toy. Yeah, give him a nip of whiskey and he'll be good to go. <laughs> um, and then he left the hospital after he's like, oh shit, people could die because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, so then he, uh, he had forged Harvard transcripts for Harvard Law School and it's it's confusing there was all this different information about who connected him with a lawyer but he went to louisiana might have been a flight attendant who introduced him to this lawyer friend anyways he ended up passing the bar for real like he didn't cheat right so he says um he passed it on his third try because i guess in louisiana they just let you take it as many times as you want so the bar is not quite as high there no Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Every time I make a bad joke, I'm just going to breathe heavily into the <laughs> microphone. Please don't. Like a panting dog. <laughs> so after he passed the bar, he worked for the attorney general there. I How? It's mind-blowing these people hire him. Okay. But he left that because um there was another harvard graduate working there that could expose him and he would always ask him about harvard and kind of start to like poke around into his past and be like this guy can't answer any questions remember when martin sheen was like what was the professor's dog's name oh yeah and then he's just like the dog was dead (laughs) (laughs) it was a great part yeah so i should we explain what happened in the movie uh we can i just wanted to make an association I feel like Frank Abagnale in 2019 would have created his own fire festival. <laughs> yes. It's like the same shit. Just yeah. Scam- like so many people entrusted that guy and like he knew nothing. Nothing. And he was just confident. It's crazy. Just like what's that loser's name? Billy something McFarland. Billy. It's something like that. Okay. So I just saw a headline the other day mm-hmm. but i didn't look click on the article because oh, i don't know why i probably was supposed to be doing something else yeah um and apparently mike the situation mm-hmm. and him billy whatever mm-hmm. hang out in jail they're like wait friends. the situation's currently in jail yeah huh. for tax evasion or something i think huh yeah i never watched the jersey shore oh i did of course you did you lived it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to um, oh shit, what's it called? New Jersey. Atlantic City. That's in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Well then, is it is that on the Jersey Shore? No, it's on the ocean, but it's not like considered the Jersey Shore, as far as I know. I I know nothing about um, American geography. It's a it's a shitty Vegas. I think that's what the sign says when you're driving <laughs> into says, town. Welcome to shitty Vegas. <laughs> Welcome to shitty Vegas. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the sign, instead of like being in neon lights, is just like covered in literal shit. There was literally grandmas at the tables gambling and they'd like be smoking cigarettes. And like, just like, I'm like, these people are going to like, she can't even breathe. But that's like, every casino. Yeah, but it, one, one it was time, just sad. The vibe was sad. One time I was in, I'm trying to remember what city. I was in some small town in British Columbia, like 
might have been Kelowna or something. Anyways, it was when I was working for BC Place in the summer. And uh, we were just like bored one night because we, we were there like staying in a hotel. And uh, the guy I was working with at the time, a friend of mine, we went to this weird casino in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Not the middle of the night, but it was, it was like 1 a.m. And it was like weird, like the smallest casino I've ever been in. The ceilings were like so weirdly short like you expect a casino to have like you know some size to it and like have a vibe and it was so weird and then um, i'm not gambling but i think my friend was sitting down and playing like a hand of blackjack and this very small like filipino man very kind of effeminate walks in wearing like quasi like louis vuitton with like a visor on and like like jewelry like did he have a fanny pack 100% 100% had a fanny pack <laughs> yes and he was escorted by another man that was quite like very tall that was like his boyfriend slash bodyguard or something yeah so he walks in again it's like 1 2 a.m in like a very small city in okay. the middle of nowhere uh yeah, I really wish I remember it might be Kamloops doesn't matter um so he sits down pulls out like a wad of cash I want to say it was like $5,000 or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Puts it down, plays like one or two hands, like doubles his money and walks out, walks out. And it, That's I, it? What do you mean? Oh, like I just mean like he was there for like 10 minutes and left? He was there for like two hands, put down what like game five was or 10,000 blackjack. Okay. Which like you either win or you lose. Yeah. And then just walks out and like... Like you had to be there, but the, the the essence of this guy was so weird. He had this weird like swagger and almost a menace. Like he was part of like a gay mafia. Like I literally thought he had, I think he had a fanny pack and maybe like a man per satchel sort of situation. Oh, I hope so. And I was like convinced he had like a very small gun in his purse. <laughs> like he had that quality of like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> It was so weird. Like, you could ask the guy. Was like the guy in The Hangover? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Similar vibe, but more fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like, almost like a Thai, like, ladyboy vibe. Oh. Yeah, he just was, like, an interesting character. Like, I wanted, I would have loved to have, like, followed him for the rest of the night. Where did he go after that? Like, where, like, he's probably dead. He probably, like, did some crazy shit at one point. Oh, I'm... Like slapped the wrong him. person at like a club and got like stabbed. No, or something. he's got that bodyguard. That's true. Right now, this I'm imagining him in his mansion. He does not live in a mansion. Okay, but if you're in the middle of nowhere, you can build a mansion for like three dollars. Right. And he's just doubling his money like in two minutes. He's got a mansion. This is what he's doing. Yeah. Right now, he's in his mansion. He's swimming in his indoor pool in a speedo. Mm-hmm. And he's done so much cocaine. All the cocaine. Like, he just has, like, you know those... Um, Is the swimming pool made of cocaine? No, no, no. But you know what he has next to it? He's got, you know those white tables with the, like, tempered glass that, like, it's kind of foggy and bumpy glass. Like, we all had those tables in, like, the 90s. Oh, you do know them. No. Nope. They're, like, outdoor picnic tables. Yes. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not white, like clear. Oh, sorry. The glass is clear. Yeah. But then I'm imagining the frame white or dark green. Right. And it's like bubbly glass. It's kind of bubbly glass. Sure. So 
This is getting so specific. Yeah, yeah. He has one of those tables next to his pool with just like a mountain of cocaine. So that's it, what he's doing. If he's a if he's so rich, why does he have such a shitty table for his cocaine? I know. That's the weird thing. Oh. So it makes him interesting. Keeps on your toes. Anyways. Good tangent. <laughs> Let's get back to it. I don't even know how we got there. Doesn't matter. We <laughs> also have no idea. <laughs> okay. So after his book and stuff came out, um, a reporter from the San Francisco Chronicle looked into all the his assertions that he had said. Assertions. Just quite the word i probably never used it before um he called around to like banks schools all the all these places Mm -hmm. and he couldn't find up find much evidence of all of this or like the aliases that he used they were such good aliases that's why well you would think though that they want to like sue him or they're part of like getting him to go to jail so i don't and then frank's like oh they're just so embarrassed they don't want to admit to it so you think frank's a big fat phony is what you're saying i'm not saying that you're saying frank abigail jr if you're listening right now you're a bag of trash (laughs) you should go back to jail for a hundred years stay away from your mother (laughs) mom's not alive anymore you don't know that yeah i do (gasps) google (laughs) he's like 70 so (laughs) i would hope she's long gone oh it's a joke sicko um anyways okay so this is my thought on that is that this movie is based on a book Mm -hmm. that's based on his life so we've gotten real far away from it because his book i looked into it too Mm -hmm. his book it's him and a co-writer Right. And he said he only spoke a with a ghostwriter. He says co-writer, not mm. ghost. Cuz his name the other I mean, guy's better. name is on it. I can't stuff. trust ghosts either. <laughs> I mean, I like ghosts. So true. What? So wait, so he only talked to the writer a little Four bit? Four times. What? Yeah. And then he so was it's like a, like a game of telephone we're dealing with here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he says Oh, yeah, well, my book's exaggerated because the co-writer explained to me that it's not a biography. It's just telling my story. Mm. And so then... It's my truth, sweetheart. (laughs) And the editor wants it to be crazy. Right. So then I feel like, okay... It's a photocopy Well, so your book that people take as what your life is, is already not. And then they've done this movie on this book so i feel like we're like way off track but i will say i feel this way about everything yes because i'm super distrustful of memory and storytelling and and sensationalization especially if you want to take a story and make it a any type of coherent narrative right because people's actual lives and like happenings like don't happen in that interesting of a fashion even if your story like actually is interesting like if i were to tell you the story of like what happened today i would like cherry pick certain parts 
I would cut out all the boring parts. I would maybe exaggerate a few parts. And that would be me telling you the story in the same day. So let alone people that are retelling stories that happened like 30 years ago. So you're getting an exaggerated uh, story that needs to be put into a narrative that needs to fit into a structure of a book or a movie of faulty memories yeah and then you're like juicing it up and adding stuff and whatever so I kind of like I feel that way about everything like history for example history is written by the victors yeah not just men named Victor the people (laughs) that win things uh and and so like the version of the truth that we get about anything is like from the perspective of whoever won yes and it's like very much like good guys bad guys and whatever so I always feel very just like I don't believe anything. Right. Like, and it just exhausts me. Well, I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. This is something that bummed me out. <sighs> so, Carl Hanratty. Hanratty? Whatever. Hen- Hen- Henratty. Henratty. The, um, the FBI agent that in the movie is, like, obsessed with catching Frank. Um, so his real name is Joe Shea, Joseph Shea. Joe Shea and the Pussycat Dolls? <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. Um, uh, so he went by Sean O'Reilly in the book because right. he was still an FBI agent. Right. And he then. He's not Joe Shea with them using his real name. Pardon? Sorry, that was a pun of okay. Oh. It was a a stretch. It was a stretch. It was a stretch. It was better that I had to explain it. That's how you know it's a good joke. (laughs) When I'm like, sorry, what are you talking about? I'm trying to talk here. Um, So he, I guess, like worked for the FBI for a long time. He worked on some some other notable case, um, the Barbara Mackle kidnapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Barbara oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mackerel? Mackle. Right, Mackle. I was I, testing you because I, I know like, it so well. I briefly looked it up like, should I know about this? I think she got kidnapped when she was at a motel with her mom coming back from college or something. Hmm. And it's a kidnapping, not a murder. That's the so kind of thing, she though. Survived. Like, so, so few things make it past, like, 10 or 20 years later in terms of like cultural relevance. Yeah. Like that we wouldn't know that story. Like people won't know like the Casey Anthony murder in like 20 years. I like how you called it the murder because you know she did it. There's no debate. It's like being like <laughs> the OJ Simpson murder. That's a hot take that he <laughs> he did it. Like, oh, ooh, I'm really pushing the boundaries I'm there. just saying I like it. But it's kind of like how people you know how people idealize music from like the past in different decades but that's because you only remember or hold on to the good music i agree right so in any given week month day year a trillion things come out but then after a whole decade's gone by you can be like "Mm, this song was good this song was good this song good and then that's all you listen to from that decade and everyone's like oh the 80s the 70s whatever was amazing but it's just the best at that time. I did have a couple of glasses of wine two Fridays ago. You? 
me what crazy and uh listen to dance mix 95 Dan- like much dance no the cd is called dance mix 95 what is this it's i mean it's kind of like much dance i guess but was it like american much dance i guess so yeah probably did they have mtv dance no 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 <laughs> but no but it was like it's a cd and it's just like all dance music so right. it's like there are different tracks. Is, but it's they, a like, beautiful night on it. Oh, it might be. Because that was definitely on one of those. Like, I remember my mom made me do a figure skating. Class, I was so stoked. I FaceTimed my music. sister and I was like, do you hear what I'm listening to? Because it was her CD. And then like, of course. you know, like I was only six at the time, but I yeah. wanted to be cool. And it just, oh, it was so good. Okay. That's, doesn't matter. The point, the upsetting thing about Joe Shea. Yeah is that because they didn't use his real name mm-hmm. in the movie he gets no royalties from the movie huh which i just think is a i know it happens all the time but i just think it's a bummer but here's my big butt right here mm-hmm. here's my jlo I feel like, is that a dated reference now? Do you need to say, like, Kim Kardashian or Nicki Minaj or Cardi No, B everyone or something? knows j okay. still got that booty. Okay. Uh, I feel like that character is barely him by the time that movie gets to screen. I guess that's true. Like, he doesn't have that relationship with Leo. He doesn't go to France. Like, none of that stuff is really what happened. But he was the main... I guess he... W- does he have that stupid accent? Did he have a daughter? He didn't, like... He get- does have, yeah, two daughters, I believe. But, like, a, an estranged daughter? Oh, no, I don't Yeah, think so. so, like, what portion of that is yeah. he going to get a royalty from? Especially if they're not using his name. If they just happen to use his name... Well, then they would be dumb to use his name. And then they would be dumb to use his name. I guess so. So, yeah. So, in the movie, Leo called every Christmas, and it was like they were both lonely. Right. Well, but the movie came out happened. around Christmas. So they often do that with movies that come out around Christmas. It won't be like a Christmas movie, but they'll do a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Christmas. I didn't know that. Yeah. Check it out next time you watch a movie that comes out around Christmas. Okay, I will. Um, But they did become friends. So he did hire, he did hire Frank after Frank had been in jail for five years and they worked well, he was the in jail FBI. for five years he was only in jail for five years no i i thought in the movie it makes it feel like maybe they tell you it's been five years but the movie it feels like oh he was in jail for five minutes and they're like you're good with checks let's get you out of here <laughs> Come prom- over here and help us promptly so what time what year did he get out of jail like how old was he was he like 26 or something like is it was know. it a five year sentence or did that include his time in Europe? No, no, no it was a five year. So he was sentenced, I think, for twelve years, and right. he served five of those in the U.S. This uh, this is after so he must Sweden have, and France. So he did some other extra. So he did like seven probably, in yeah, total probably. So the huh. way he was caught in France is not like it happened in the movie. No, where um. Carl goes over there and like knows what town he's in and finds him printing all this these fake checks or whatever. Really, a stewardess or a flight attendant um, recognized him in like a store, like a like mini mart type thing. Right. <laughs> um. So that's how he first got caught there. Then he went and served time in Sweden, 
And then, like I said earlier, Sweden took his passport away. So then he was going back to the States. And that's when he escaped from the airplane. So he did escape from the airplane. But not through the toilet. I remember watching that and being like, that is the coolest thing ever. Okay, so you can actually do that. You mm, can't. No. You're Frank Abagnale. <laughs> Junior. Junior. Um, no, you can't because, I don't know, I read something and they said, like, the way it's sealed and... Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that he just, like, like, knew it's, how to do said, that, it's they, so well, preposterous. Yeah. He well, would get... He would figure out how to detach a toilet without making an incredible amount of noise. Yes. And then climb through it, through a plane, out the plane... As it's taxiing, yeah, is like some superhero James Bond shit, right? Yeah. Well, it never happened. Damn it! But he did. Okay, so he escaped through, um, um, like the the door where they bring the service carts in or something, like the food and drink service door, right? When the plane was taxiing. But this is uh, this is what he had been arrested. Yeah, so he was he was at that JFK. That is pretty baller. Yeah, still. So he's at JFK. Does this? Hails a cab. Goes to Grand Central. Goes up to Montreal, where he has a safety deposit box with twenty grand in it, and was caught by the good old RCMP uh, when he was in line at the airport in Montreal trying to get down to Brazil. Hmm. Now, do you That's want to... insane. So is that part just in the book or is that verified? Uh, the fact that he like got out of the airplane and then taxied to... No, he did get out of the airplane. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's, my, that's probably the most impressive thing of everything he did. Was that he escaped after being arrested. Okay, well, he escapes again. Shut it. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, he does it. Okay, so then he's in prison in Atlanta. Okay, and this is a, I mean, you got to think you're pretty great to say this. He calls this one of the most infamous escapes in history. Like, way to toot your own horn, Frank. Okay. <laughs> I just I just checked to see how long we've been recording. What? How long has it been? Yes. Like two hours. An hour and 14 minutes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we have so many facts. So many facts. We over-researched. Okay, this is my last fact, actually. Oh, okay. I got 12 more, though. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a really good one. Yeah, yeah, hit me. Okay, and so he's in uh, prison in Atlanta. And uh, so I guess the U.S. Marshal forgets his commitment papers or something so he doesn't have his papers so he was mistaken for an undercover prison inspector because i guess at that time kind of people were really looking into like prisons and how they were like, treating se- like people. secret shoppers <laughs> yeah but for prison exactly so anyways so because they think that's who he is he's given like special privileges and better food and it's a lot nicer for secret him. coppers got it <laughs> Oh, my God. Found it. So he had his friend pose as his fiance, and she slipped him business cards 
one of the inspector of the Bureau of Prisons, which she got by pretending to be going to him and pretending to be a freelance writer. Then she forged um, Joseph Shea's business card or faked it, whatever you call it. So she gave him both of those business cards. So he was like, yep, I'm a prison inspector. Um, he said he needed to call Joseph Shea and meet with him. So he calls Joseph Shea, but it's really his friend. Um, says he needs to meet him in a, this car and he's allowed to go there unsupervised. And obviously it was really his friend. So they just take off. <laughs> Takes a Greyhound to New York and a train to Washington, D.C. Somehow, he almost got captured by an FBI agent. No, sorry. He The motel there, one of the employees thought he recognized him and he pretended to be an FBI agent there. So maybe that's why they have that scene in the movie where he pretends to be an FBI agent. Oh, like when he's or at the motel service. or whatever? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you've you've already missed him. My guy's got him. I feel like that might be the most like exciting little moment in the movie because you're like, oh, he's caught. This is the moment he gets caught. Yeah, and he's like, no, nah, you just missed him, and like he like is so confident. He's pointing his gun at him, and he's just like, get that gun away from me. Like he's just like, <laughs> that is. So then this is how he finally gets caught for good. So he's in New York City, and he just happens to walk by an unmarked police car and they're like oh shit that's frank abagnale jr and then he's arrested for good so when he gets arrested for good is that after he'd been in prison in europe yes so he was in prison in europe and then how long was he out after he got extradited i don't know tell me everything i don't know you said i I over researched (laughs) that's true okay wait so is that it that's it okay i'm just gonna rattle off my last thoughts okay mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, okay this isn't even not in- important or anything but okay did you notice that ellen pompeo was in the movie yes i did flight attendant Okay, here's a fun fact about it so that movie came out in 2002 yeah and she was not famous at all when that movie came out oh uh so that movie came out 17 years ago she started on Grey's Anatomy three years later in tw- 2005, and it's still on TV. Okay. It blows my mind. <laughs> I never watched that show, but every time I see something and it's like, Grey's Anatomy recap, blah, blah, I'm like, what? Am I in a time machine? And I'm like, did has that show come back? Did they bring it back? And I'm like, oh, it never left? Yeah. How? do You, you can't. It's not the same people all the way through. Like, new people have gotten into it and picked up. Where others left off. Like characters or people watching? People watching. Oh, no, people. Oh, no, people still watch. Like, is it like a soap opera at this point? I mean, it was, I think it was always a soap opera. But you know how I just mean like a soap opera can go on yeah. for like 60 years? Yeah. I th- yeah. And I think because they, I think they do revolve like other characters, but then she's been the constant. Right. But apparently she just makes crazy money now. And she was at the forefront of um, like pushing for like lead females to make more money yeah and she actually like came out i think and said how much money she made to be like 
everyone should be making this much money. So she like pulled some boss shit. Which right. Was I did cool. hear, I do remember hearing yeah. that and I liked that. And like so justified because her show is massive and she's the star of it and she's been the star of it for 15 fucking years. Yeah. So like, they should be paying her. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny how like so this movie feels like so long ago. And then I was like, oh yeah, a few years later she got Grey's Anatomy. And then just, that was just her life. Now she's just. Now she's just gray. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her anatomy has gone much grayer. So I was trying to write down all the famous people that I liked as I saw them in the movie. Yeah, I think I got most of them here. Okay. Well, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Ellen Pompeo. Yeah. Amy Adams. Yeah. Jennifer Garner. So those are like the main like ladies in it. Mm-hmm. Which other, do you remember other ones? That might have been it. Those were the main one. And like none of them were really famous at that point. So even Jennifer Garner? She was on she, Alias. She was on Alias, um, but she wasn't like popping yet. And apparently Steven Spielberg saw her in that and was like, oh, she's going to be a star. And he was like psyched that she would take a sm- uh, this small of a part. And, and it took her one day to film all of her that's scenes. That's what I was going to say. I you might. Yeah, okay, were... her character was very Pointless. weird. <laughs> what? Like, just a hooker? She was just like a weird hooker. But then wasn't she like a model? She was supposed to be a model and all of a sudden she's like, how much would you pay for me? Yeah. Yeah, that whole scene was weird. Yeah. Did she keep saying go fish? Yeah, yeah. When it wasn't enough money. Yeah. And like it shouldn't matter to him because all of his checks are fake anyways. Maybe that's what I'll start saying to people when they, it's not the answer I want. Go fish. Oh, I thought you meant when you want to sleep with someone and you just write them a fake check. <laughs> that too. Can I write you a check? Oh, okay. Okay, here's my very last point. So you're not going to remember this, but there's a scene in which uh, Leo gets caught for um, impersonating a teacher. Mm-hmm. So you're going to remember that. And then he he gets like in trouble by the principal. And then the principal's talking to the parents. Yeah. The principal looks exactly like benjamin button like old man benjamin button what yeah i took a screen cap of it and there's a feature on amazon prime if you're like watching it on your computer called x-ray yeah and if you click it when you're watching a movie it'll tell you all of the actors that are in the current scene any of the music playing and everything like that it's super weird it was super distracting too because i was just trying to enjoy the movie and i was like who's this guy and like you didn't have to leave the movie, it would just pop up like kind of over the movie. Such you're a movie guy. Classic movie guy. <laughs> All right, should we wrap it up? Okay, so I think we should wrap up by by picking mm, the top three people you'd have a drink with. Oh, from the movie. Um, Frank Barnes. Or what was it, Hank, Hank Barton? What was the what was the, what the was hot the guy, guy the mom, the mom was sleeping with? Say hot guy. Yeah, he's um, what's he's famous? James Brolin. Yeah, he's like old, but like he's a good looking guy. I feel like he was like sixty pounds overweight in that movie. Yeah, but like he's a good looking. He's like a barrel of a man. Yeah, he's a man's man. Right? Is his name also Frank? Am I crazy? Or is his name Frank Barnes? Something Barnes. Anyways, I pick uh, him because he just seems like he has a good firm handshake. Okay, and what would you drink with him? He would make me drink scotch. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, and then Frank, but Frank would drink milk because Frank's a child. Yeah. You remember how he orders milk? <laughs> yeah. 
which in cinema language is an indicator of youth. If you see milk in a movie, it's usually indicating someone's immaturity. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, there's like three characters. Like there's so many characters in this movie, but so few of them matter. I know. I feel like all of the women are just kind of like in the movie the way they're mm-hmm. written and all women in general. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I feel like none of them are that compelling in the movie. Like one's a hooker. One's Brenda. You're not even supposed to say hooker anymore. Whore? Is that okay? It's <laughs> not the right one. Streetwalker. Sex worker. Sex worker. Yeah. Hook- sex worker sounds way worse than hooker. I'm just telling you. Prostitute? How are we on prostitute? Sex worker. How about pleasure givers for financial game? <laughs> sex worker. Okay. Uh, anyways, and then I guess I'll pick, um, uh, I don't want to hang out with Hanrat, Carl Hanratty. He seems like a real wet blanket. He tells two knock-knock jokes in the movie and they both end with fuck you. <laughs> I love that. But he's kind of like a wiener. Like at one point he's like, Murray's eating that eclair. Yeah. And he won't give Leo any of that. Uh, do you have your choices locked and loaded? I got my number one. Oh, have I said your number one? No. Oh. Oh. Ah. Well, I'm not sexist, so there's that for a clue. God. Is it the mom? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll pick the mom. She oh, seems like a good time. Oh, now you want to go for yeah, a you know with what? her. Cause... I'm going to pick all... Th- Actually, I'm changing my choices to all women. Uh, I'm <laughs> picking Ruth Bader Ginsburg, number one. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Oprah Winfrey, deal with it. <laughs> Sorry, men's rights movement. <laughs> you guys weren't paying close enough attention to that movie. They're all in it. Oh. <laughs> They're all the main characters. Before they were famous. It's The whole movie is actually an allegory for the women's rights movement. As it should be. Every, every movie should be. As every movie should be. Yeah. Terminator, we- also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you pick. Okay, number one, Paulette. Why? Because she wants to... I feel like she'd drink wine with me. She's drinking red wine in the movie. Wait, who's Paulette? The mom? The mom. Is she Paulette in the movie? I don't know. I don't think she's Paulette in the movie. They probably didn't even give her a name in the movie. Yeah, like... It's probably like your mom. Shitty mom. <laughs> like, mom. Go make a sandwich. In the IMDB, it's sandwich yeah. making mom. Ugh. Annoying. Yeah. Um, But she wants to have some wine and dance. So do I. She does. Um, Number two would be hmm. see like i almost don't want to have a drink with frank because like you know that scene where he's it's a big party and people are getting drunk and having fun like oh and he's like making sure no one breaks anything it was expensive oh don't touch the record plan like Like, Like, frank you didn't pay for any of this oh i want to have a drink with brenda why i just i feel like she she get things stuck in her braces (laughs) she gets them taken off Oh, yeah. Because I feel like she she seems like a sweet, fun girl. And number three. Oh, you know what? I would have a drink with Carl because he would tell me about all the crazy crimes he solved. Mm. And I love murder. And he would cry about his estranged daughter. 
Yeah, but that's fine. I can handle that. All right. I think we should wrap it up. Okay. All right. Well, see ya. Uh, Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Sarah's mom. (laughs) Hey, mom. I think people usually ask people to um, like rate. Review. And and review. Subscribe. Subscribe. I think that's how this works. Yeah. It feels gross asking. Just like want to do it in your heart and then don't make us ask again. Yeah. Just like do it so much that we don't have to ever ask. And uh, yeah. Catch you later. See ya.